happy birthday to me, Lost Souls 100K in September and Gorge in April. That's the ultimate plan for 2022 is to do the Manitoba Marathon as long as it's a real live race. That was us, Kim and Carolyn, and this is episode 67 of the Inspired Souls podcast. Hi, I'm Carolyn, and I'm a roadrunner. And I'm Kim, and I'm a trail runner. Welcome to our podcast, where we bring the communities of trail and road running together and explore the parallels between running and life. Happy New Year and welcome to our quarterly Catching Up with Kim and Carolyn episode. We open with a discussion about treadmill running and how it really can have its place as long as it supports the purpose of the day. Next, we recap our fall racing seasons as well as goal races for 2022. Find out all about my February training camp designed to get in some quality running and escape the long, cold Winnipeg winter. And listen up for a big announcement about Kim's ambitious racing and crewing plans. We close by spontaneously revisiting the rapid fire questions to see if there's been any changes since we first answered them back in September of 2020. As usual, we reference loads of past guest interviews that are all linked up in the show notes, every single one of which is worth a listen if you haven't yet had a chance. And without further ado, here we go. Well, Carolyn, here we are at the start of another year. Welcome to the Inspired Souls podcast, where we do our catching up with Kim and Carolyn episode again. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Great to be back starting another year and happy new year to you. Did you have a nice holiday? You know, I really did. I had the longest time off stretch that I have ever had without going anywhere because I now live where I would want a vacation oh, for the large part. The best. So yes, spend a lot of time in the mountains. It was blinkedly cold here, <laughs> similar to how it was like in Winnipeg. I know. I um ended up adventuring in the mountains, but you escaped to a warmer place. I did. I don't even want to say it out loud because there was so much like controversy about travel <laughs> advisories and whatnot, but we did take a little chance and resumed our uh, family meetups in uh, a Caribbean destination. So we went to Acumel, Mexico, mm. the four of us and my brother and my parents. So it was oh, quite lovely, nice. you know, just 27, 28 degrees every single day. Oh, <laughs> we had one yeah. day of rain, but that was fine. Every other day was just perfect, perfect weather. We did a lot of golfing and some running and beach time and family time. So can't complain. <laughs> Sounds perfect. Well, if you put a negative in front of the 2728 and add some wind chill to minus 42, that's what you missed in Winnipeg. And that's yeah. what we were actually dealing with here in Alberta as well. I but I heard that. I heard that. And when I was running today, so we're recording on January 2nd, I was running today calculating. Yeah, I think my body just did a 70 degree Celsius mm. swing in temperature because it was minus 42 and we were... 28 degrees. So the body is amazingly adaptable. <laughs> the amazing thing to me is that you actually went outside. You didn't do a treadmill run. Double high five, girl. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I usually don't unless I'm doing something of quality. I try to mm -hmm. reserve mm -hmm. any treadmill because I find it painfully boring. Oh, yeah. And yeah. what makes treadmill running go by a little bit faster for me is 
is like the workout, right? So like going fast Mm -hmm. and then slow and like doing intervals Mm -hmm. or hill repeats or something like that. I find the time goes by a little bit faster, but if I'm just doing an easy run and it's whatever, 50, 60 minutes, it's like, that's the longest 50, 60 minutes of my whole day. Time just stands still on the treadmill. I hear you. I hear you. You know, it's actually interesting because for the first time in my life, now that I live where there's lots of elevation, I actually used the treadmill in the opposite way this week, Carolyn. I got on it for twice for the first time in well over a year. I think it was probably fall of 2020, the last time I was on a treadmill. And it was because I actually needed just an easy, steady, relaxing run without a climb up a mountain, Mm -hmm. without plowing through knee deep snow, without, you know, slippery footing where my hip external rotators were stressed out. I actually needed a recovery run. Right. So I used the treadmill for just like four to five miles, just easy, mindless. And, And as I was on it, I was thinking the exact same thing as you just said. I'm like, Treadmills are so mind-numbingly boring, but that's exactly what I need right now. I yeah. just need just to run. And and you know what's interesting? Uh, like while it seems like the opposite way that we're using it, it's actually the same in the sense that we're introducing a little bit of variety. Like I need the treadmill. Well, an intention, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you're getting the purpose of the run. Correct. Like you say, I, I need a quality run, so I yep. need to be able to run fast and slow. My intention was I needed a recovery run and I knew I could not get that at minus 32 Correct. in knee deep snow. Yep. And so, I w- yeah, we we're using it strategically for that, yeah. right? Yeah. Every yeah. run has a purpose and yes. knowing the purpose of the day. And if the treadmill fits in, then I have no shame in using a treadmill. <laughs> but yeah. again, to me, it's like this weather is going to go on for mm-hmm. months more. And I want those treadmill days like as few and far between yeah. as possible. <laughs> so I went outside today. <laughs> it was really cool though. So let's talk a little bit about what you've been up to this fall and winter. I know we've dropped some comments throughout previous episodes as to your running endeavors for the fall, but give us a bit of a summary as what's happened in the last few months with you. Yeah. So I talked a little bit, I think on our last one about, I had done a cross country race. So this is my first cross country race in about 30 years, but that was a ton of fun. I did an 8k cross country race in October, I guess. And then the very next weekend, there were just two back to back. The The next weekend was the provincial championships, the 5k provincial championships. And so we ended okay. up talking to Jayla Van Dongen on Mm. episode 61, I think. So she, she won that race and I came second in that race. And then I think that was October 23rd and then it was like snowing. So (laughs) the, the fall was pretty short. I did a 5k Ted's run for literacy. I did a 5k then that was end of September. I did the 10k at the Manitoba marathon, September 5th. So I got four races in, in September, October, and then I knew we were in for the long haul. So I decided to, uh, the last couple of years, frustratingly, I've been dealing with a little injury in the spring. So I'll, I'll come off kind of like my base build and then I get really excited and I'm like, oh yay, the snow's gone. Like let's race and let's do time trials. And, oh, and I also want to do a fall marathon. So let's start building my mileage. Like I do it all at once, which is like the number one like 
mistake in the book, like to increase myelogen intensity at the same time. But I've done that stupidly the last couple of years, and then I end up injured. So I had spent some time on the injury train in the spring into the summer a little bit this year, which kind of messed things up for me in terms of, so I I decided once it started snowing, I'm going to do this right. I'm going to build mileage now, and then I'm going to build intensity later. So I'm, I'm really going back to the basics, taking a nice long base building time. So not just Mm -hmm. mileage, but like laying down the foundation, the strength training, the, the plyometrics, really upping my, my rest and recovery paying attention to the nutrition, the sleep, all of that kind of stuff. And I hired a coach. I hired Lindsay. I forget what episode she was in, but I mentioned her in one of the updates a long time ago that she's my strength coach. But Lindsay I Romano? Actually, yes, I hired yeah, her okay. as my, uh, my running coach. So kind of smart, right, to have my running coach and my yeah. strength coach as the same person. And so I, I'm seeing some new mileage territory that I haven't been in for a while. And I'm feeling so good and like not good. injured whatsoever, uh, which is a very nice feeling because I haven't really felt like that in, in quite some time. So yeah. this is all kind of culminating into trying to run a a good marathon in 2022. So I have a bit of unfinished business with the marathon, Mm -hmm. I would say. It's one of those, you know, I I run anything from 5k to the marathon, but I've run four marathons. The first one, I don't even count it. I just sort of like went from the couch to running a marathon like so many people do. And it was terrible. It informed you. It It informed me. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Let's put it this way. The second marathon I ran was almost an hour faster than the first marathon I ran. So I count the second one onwards. But you're right. It provided me with some insights and some lessons that I carry with me today. But yeah, I've just never performed to what I would think I'm capable of in the marathon compared to the half, the 10K, the 5K. So in that sense, I feel like... I really want to give it another go. So that's the, that's the ultimate plan for 2022 is to do the Manitoba Marathon as long as it's a real live race. Because that's okay. sort of what happened in 2020, which I've talked about at length on here, is that I was going to run yep. Chicago and then it turned into a virtual and then Manitoba and it turned into a virtual and I did it as a virtual and I'll never do that again. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't go so well. Yeah. So you have a training camp coming up in February. You're planning on heading somewhere warmer again to do some training on your own, right? Yep. So my husband and I are going to fly down, hopefully COVID pending, but um, fly down to Sedona, Flagstaff area. So we're actually staying Mm -hmm. between those two. Flagstaff's actually at altitude, like over 7,000 feet Flagstaff. So it might not be worth it. We were thinking it'd be cool because that's like the running Mecca. (laughs) Like we'd see lots of like famous runners probably up there. But I think the elevation is a bit of a handicap or liability if we're only going to be there for five days or so. And if you're not racing at that elevation, then exactly. Yeah. If we had a month or, or more to acclimate, that might be a different story, but we're just going for uh, four days and then we're headed to Vegas after that. And there's meeting up with my brother and his wife and his wife's doing the half marathon. My brother and husband and I will all do the 10K. So that should be fun and try to, I don't know, race a good 10K at the end of February. See 
see where my fitness is at and go from there. You know, I don't know if you remember, but I did a training camp in Flagstaff in Sedona in the Rand Canyon, that whole area. But we stayed in Flagstaff right before I went to Tahoe, three weeks out from Tahoe. Okay. So you needed the elevation. Well, yeah. And you know, it's that interesting balance of, they say, if you're going to race at altitude and you don't live there, literally land and race the next day. Yes. Yes. Less than 24 hours and you won't feel the headaches and the altitude sickness. And that's what I did when we did Grand Canyon 50 several years ago. It was like, we got into our hotel at 10 PM and the race started at like 7 AM the next day. Like it was, it was that quick of a turnaround. Yeah. Now when we went to Flagstaff, the intent wasn't to stay there long enough to get the blood changes because mm-hmm. that takes three weeks, mm-hmm. right? The intent was to experiment at altitude, knowing I didn't live at it. And then how am I going to feel? How am I going to feel? How hard can I push? Mm-hmm. You know, basically, mm-hmm. what does it feel like to feel like crap yeah. at 10,000 feet? And how could I perform? And then also to get the the climbing, right? Yeah. By about day four, my legs were sufficiently trashed just when my lungs were starting to feel good. Nice. <laughs> it's like I was no longer feeling like I was breathing through a tube, mm-hmm. but my legs were now too tired. So I think what you're doing is wise. It's like, okay, let's just go there, maybe sleep high, run low, and then enjoy the, the snowless. We thought about that of staying in Flagstaff to sleep high and then coming down, but we're actually just going to stay between Sedona and Flagstaff. So Sedona is at 1300, a little over 1300 meters elevation. And then Flagstaff is 21, over 2100 yeah. meters. Yeah. So we're staying a little bit closer to Sedona. And there's, there's just so many like trails and oh, so many places to run. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. I know we can't wait. And, and everything's so close, like within mm-hmm. 20, 30 minutes, you can you've be got anywhere. Loads yep. of different places to run. Yeah. Oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah. So four or five days there and two or three days in Vegas and then back home. And I think by then it'll be early March and we'll be starting to hopefully see some warmer temperatures coming our way. Yes. I'm hoping for that. Living in Calgary now, I'm counting on spring coming a little bit earlier this year. We'll see. That's the thing with Winnipeg, right? It's like October there's snow, May there's snow. It's just long winter. April, you can still get some good dumps in April even. Last year was not that way, but yeah. Yeah. It's just nice to have something to look forward to, break, break up the winter. So that's my plan. What have you been up to this fall? Oh, well, I have not raced. Fall for me is always rest and recovery. I find that by by the end of August into September, I'm pretty tired. And that was certainly the case this year. As we talked about in our last Catching Up with Kim and Carolyn, my body was giving me some signs that it needs some attention. So I've just really been focusing on lower mileage and just, you know, seeing a naturopath. I had some blood work done. I've just been kind of trying to balance out a little bit of the stress in my life. That said, though, I was starting to feel those niggles of desire to race and train, <laughs> the FOMO, when when mm-hmm. de- mid-December hit. And it was ironic that it was my birthday, December 17, when registration happened for both Gorge Waterfalls 100K and Lost Souls Ultra. 
So I actually didn't know Gorge Waterfalls 100K registration had opened that day because they had sent out an email about a week before saying, registration's coming, stay tuned. And I didn't hear any updates. So I definitely wanted my Western States qualifier. And I was, after my experience with Heidi at Lost Souls this year in Lethbridge, I was kind of intrigued about those coolies, but not quite wanting to do 100 miles there. Mm -hmm. And the Western States qualifier is 100K there. So I, we were out. Experience now on the course. Yeah. Well, in the dark, in a (laughs) rainstorm, in a mudstorm experience and an anomaly year. But yes, I want to experience the full meal deal there. So we were out uh, watching a movie for my birthday and I snuck out of the movie. (laughs) I was sitting there at 9 p.m. when registration opened, hitting refresh, refresh, refresh on ultra sign up so that I could get in. And I got in, missed the climax of the movie, went back in, and that was done. So then we get home, and later that night I'm scrolling, and I realize, oh my goodness, Gorge Waterfalls registration opened this morning. And a little backstory on Gorge Waterfalls 100K. It's been on my radar ever since I became an ultra runner. So my very first ultra race was the Sun Mountain 50K with Rain Shadow running and with James Varner. And that race was so amazing. It's why I kept going. But also there was just, I have family that lives in the Portland area. I've spent some time in the Columbia River Gorge. It's just this magical place. And I have always wanted to do the Gorge Waterfalls. But at that point felt that 100K and it was, it was too much for me at that point. I wasn't there yet. Well, fast forward a few more years. So this was like 2013, I have not done proper fact checking, but I know it's been, I think, four years since the races ran because they had fires Mm -hmm. in the gorge Mm -hmm. around four years ago. (laughs) I'm not going to say a date because I'm going to get it wrong. Uh, But it has been four years since the races ran. And somebody will probably correct me on social media if I'm wrong on this one. But anyways, I haven't had a chance to run it because of the fires and then COVID hit. Well, this is the first year it is now back with a new um, company running it. And it is slightly altered course now compared to what it was before. But it still runs along the Columbia River Gorge and it is happening April 2nd. So it was just one of those, I have room on my credit card, why the hell not? So (laughs) I registered happy birthday to me, Lost Souls 100K in September at Gorge in April. So they're both states qualifiers. The Gorge actually is now a UTMB uh, World Series race. I just found out. So that's awesome. And because that's really my A game is trying to get into UTMB again, not for 2022, but potentially 2023. So anyhow, that that happened. So if you do the Gorge 100K and or Lost Souls in the time cutoff, you get into... I get the option to apply for Western States. Okay. It's a qualifying race. Yes. But then on top of that, especially with COVID and... My now 45-year-old body where I've realized that nothing is guaranteed. I think that DNF at CDR really shook me a little bit going, oh my God, I have to have a backup plan. So my real A raise for this year is actually Fat Dog 120. I'm going to put it out there. I want to do Fat Dog 120 miler. I did the 70 miler in 2016 and it was literally the best race of my life. Like I had such an amazing time there. There was just something in me that said, I want to do the 120 miler this year, but especially 
120 miles is never guaranteed. There's, it's an Everesting attempt. There's over 33,000 feet of gain in 120 miles. And I, I've heard you talk about the people that did the 120 yeah. the year that you were there and you've called them zombies. <laughs> Walking zombies. Walking yes, zombies. So it would be a new frontier for me as far as I, w- I have never slept during a race before. I've already decided I will sleep if yeah. I if I do Fat Dog 120, even for an hour. I'm going to see how that goes. But anyways, so I have lots of backups. If I get Gorge Hunter Kale, I have my qualifier for Western States. And then get would, into you fat drop, dog. would you drop Lost Souls if you got yeah, the qualifier it, at Gorge? I will if I get Gorge and Fat Dog, because then I'll have the UTMB points. Okay. Okay. I need two. I need a hundred miler and a hundred K to get into UTMB. Got it. With the current. So this, I'm fast forwarding a bit to the confusing <laughs> UTMB game that they have going on right now. They have three different things, points, stones, and these, this world series thing. The website right now is very clear on the points you need. They're still giving you points to get into the UTMB. You need 10 points in two races. So a six-pointer and a four-pointer or two five-pointers. And 100 milers are six points. 100 Ks are between four and five, depending on how hard they are in a two-year period. Then they have this World Series now with Ironman partnering with them Mm -hmm. that it sounds like, and I'm very fearful, like there's races now being named that the point system will completely be gone for potentially 2023. And you might only have the options of running these world series events, mm-hmm. which Gorge Waterfalls is a world series event. So oh. <laughs> I'm kind of like cover all these different bases. This is a long five-year plan here kind of thing. So anyhow, yeah, Lost Souls, although I do really want to do it, if my body is wrecked and if I have yeah. the points, I'm not going to push myself to do right. it. If I feel good and I want to do it and I feel refreshed and able to, it's there. But it's kind of like the last race of the year that I've signed up to do. So that's a lot of miles, you know. So you're trying to like front load it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's early to be running an April race. Yeah, yeah. You know, training in the winter here, but... You going to get into backcountry skiing or cross country skiing? Well, oh, it's interesting you mentioned that because I just told my friends who I've been talking to about getting into Fat Dog that I think I need to get into Schemo. I need to mm-hmm. like, but the thing is, it's not just, oh, I'll do Schemo. You need an avalanche course. You need the Avi gear. Mm-hmm. I'm a mom. I would get the full on balloon backpack thing. Like this, it's expensive. Yeah. And then you need the backcountry gear and the skiing part's easy. Like that's what I've been. My other thing I've been doing this fall is skiing with my kids, which has been super fun. Like downhill yeah. skiing. Downhill. Yeah. 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 Getting some good quad burn on the, the down. So how are you going to be ready for 100K on April 2nd? <laughs> That's the question of the day, Carolyn. I Boxing day, I sat down. No, December 27th, I sat down and I did my, my race, my training plan up. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> Three months. (laughs) I got to start building this mileage again. And I've been maintaining a base mileage, but not the climbing. And so this week I did kind of go a little bit crazy with a week off and lots of extra time. I got up in the mountains and started racking up the vert and trying to get some mileage in. But my T-band's a little bit cranky now. And if there's one thing I know as a physiotherapist, you don't mess with IT bands. I would rather have plantar fasciitis, knock on wood, than IT band syndrome. Yeah. So I I shut my run down halfway through on Sunday. I was like, nope, it's not worth it. (laughs) Better to run healthy than injured, right? Or undertrained than injured. But yeah, so my plan is over the next three months to just 
honestly, to just build up like you, just mm-hmm. some base miles. I'm going to get some vertical in, but I'm not going to work on intensity and speed work. I'm just going to run gorge to complete. Yep. Um, What's the cutoff? 17 hours, which is still pretty, let's say tight, yeah. but you have to move. Like you can't walk too much of it. Like you have to move your ass. Yeah. So I want to be able to run the ups more than walk them. And, you know, I want to be able to bomb the downs, not be so tired at the top of the climbs that I can't truly run the downs. So mm-hmm. I think that's where the downhill skiing is going to come in good is I'll get lots of eccentric loading yeah. with that. And you shouldn't have to worry about heat because you had the super hot Sinister 7. But Portland in early April will be nice. Yeah, Yeah? Yeah, it's going to be gorgeous. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah. And then on top of that, I've agreed to crew some friends. Can I talk about my crewing plans? Yeah, go for it. So April's Gorge Waterfalls, and I put this out there on this podcast because I've learned if you put it out there, my pride will not let it not (laughs) happen. Um, And then June is the Hidden Oasis 100 Miler in Saskatchewan. And Heidi Schmaltz, who is a Mm -hmm. guest on this podcast, is doing that one. And a friend of mine, Tamara, here from Manitoba, or from Calgary. So they're both doing the 100 mile there. So I'll be crewing and pacing there in June. And then, ooh, this is so exciting. I'm not doing Sinister 7 again this year, but it's going to be a party in Crow's Nest Pass, let me tell you. Because Sarah Seeds, a past guest on this podcast, and my BFF will be doing her second 100 miler there, and I've agreed ah. to pace and crew her there. Wow, yep. and that's exciting. Yeah, and then just this week, Ehor also signed up for the 100 miler there. So he's going to be there. So I'm going to be a busy bee buzzing around. He won't need much crewing at all. You're crewing for them both? Yeah, primarily for Sarah. She's my number one. Ehor doesn't hardly need any help, but I've agreed to give him the ride to the race and just be there if he needs anything. Okay, cool. And then it sounds like another past guest, John Paradowski, will be there. (laughs) You need to come with the swag and get some photos for our Instagram. (laughs) I think we're going to have to have some some merch, like (laughs) some giveaways. Wear this hat. Click. Definitely. So yeah, and then in August is Fat Dog and September's Lost Souls. So I've got my year lined up. I actually have a spreadsheet of my training plan. There's a column for kilometers per week, gain per week, vacation time needed per week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Western States qualifier and UTB points. So my vacation time is pretty much booked. I'm very curious, like for when you're training for a hundred K race and then a hundred mile race, like what does your weekly mileage get up to? What, like, what do you peak out at? Or is it different than training for a road? Oh, I hesitate to even say that because yeah. I'm going to kind of experiment this year. I, I'm going to experiment with lower mileage mm-hmm. and time on feet and gain being my focus. And I've had to, I just realized, you know, I'm not in Manitoba anymore. And when you're climbing at altitude above about between 1900 and 2000 meters, so 6,500 feet, that's when I really start to notice my energy system shift. Mm -hmm. Um, My hydration changes, my pace changes. It's not apples to apples. So especially if I get into fat dog, 
it's going to be an elevation focus. Like that's going to be my primary thing and hours on feet. So I'm actually curious to see how mileage works out. I I don't plan before. So an an actual answer to your question before gorge, I don't plan to get over 93 kilometers a week. That's my plan. 93. That's very precise. Um, yeah. um, (laughs) I'm looking at my spreadsheet. Yeah, (laughs) no. Um, (laughs) I I appreciate the, uh, attention to detail. No, I had no idea, but like in terms of, but exactly like you said, if you're, if you're doing tons of elevation gain and loss in that 93 kilometers, that's a different, Mm -hmm. whole different thing than if it's flat, right? If you're looking at time on feet, what are you aiming for in a week? Like, again, I know those are super hard things to answer, but is it like 12 hours or? Oh, no, like that's probably a minimum. Let's let's put this into context. I am a full time working single mom. Yeah. So I don't have unlimited time. So during the week, 45 minutes to an hour max per runs on weekends, like my long run, I don't like to go over six hours for my long runs. And that's at the peak. Yes. Like that's at the peak. I may do like in, that's kind of why scheduled and not scheduled. Why I've agreed and they actually work perfect. These pacing duties that I'm going to do in Mm -hmm. July and Mm -hmm. June and July, because that's going to give me a chance to get some long time on feet between eight, 10 hours, maybe, but just to go out on my own and do a run five to six hours is the longest because the recovery is just too long. And I'm, I've got stuff to do. I can't just come home and sleep all afternoon. Like I gotta come home and like do laundry and cook lunch. But like five to six hours on your feet is like no joke. Yeah. But see in Manitoba, I would do that easily, not easily, but I would do it, but you could get, you could get 45 to 50 K in that. Mm -hmm. Whereas here in the mountains, you might be lucky to even get 25k mm-hmm. if you've got 2,000 feet of gain added in that, yeah, exactly. right? Or 2,000 meters. It's going to be, this is what I love though. I yeah. love just experimenting and being, I put something on Instagram a couple days ago about being an experiment of one. Yeah, like it's, I saw that. it's kind of like you really have to be reflective and much more intuitive about what, how do I feel? Not what does my spreadsheet say, but how do I feel? And have that self-compassion to go. So for example, on yesterday, I planned 28K. I did 14. My teen band was bugging me and I was tired. <laughs> like I was wrecked. I was not hungover. It was <laughs> New Year's Day yesterday. Yeah. I was tired. And I was just like, that's enough. That's mm-hmm. enough. If I push harder, I'm going to be wrecked for the whole next week. It's going to sacrifice the quality of my next week. And yeah. I'm probably going to get injured. So that's yeah. it. So um, we'll just see. To me. We'll see how it goes. And you're coaching yourself through this all. I am for right now. I think it's just, to be honest, I don't think it would be fair to ask a coach to try to figure out the chaos that I've planned for the next, (laughs) at least next three months. I think beyond that, like April through, if I, if I get into fat dog, I think I might need some professional help, but yeah. Okay, so I just went on far too long about what my plans are for 2022. So we'll see in a year from now how those all worked out. But Carolyn, what do you envision for 2022 for yourself? Yeah, so I mentioned that my A kind of race was to uh, do the Manitoba Marathon and, and kind of be competitive or run to what I think my potential is in that distance, which I've never really done that well in the marathon. Um, 
so anyway, I got thinking about just sort of what it's going to take to help me improve in the marathon. So I mentioned I hired the coach, I'm doing the base building, I'm excited about all of that. But what I'm really, what I think has been missing in in kind of my complete running picture since we moved to Winnipeg is community. And mm. all the other places that we've lived, I find the runners right away, I hook in, but I think it's because I've always lived in really small towns. So it's like, one running group and all the runners are there where Mm -hmm. here and now I'm it's certainly been complicated by COVID (laughs) let's be honest I've been here for three three and a half years and COVID's been here predominantly Mm -hmm. all of Mm -hmm. that time but even before that I don't know I just my running I've just been kind of blah I've just been kind of going through the motions if I'm being perfectly honest it's like I'm running my five six days a week but there's no progression there's no structure there's no nothing that it's like pointing towards or culminating towards and so I don't know I I just think I can't run with my husband he's too fast I've tried I actually I don't know if you know this I tried starting my own running group when we first moved here and like nobody really came out I'm like Mm. I just need like one or two people you know and so Mm -hmm. now if you want to go back and listen I can't remember what episode it was but it was very recent maybe episode 64 we interviewed Jonathan Torquia so I'm actually working uh, at City Park Run Coaching. So I've started meeting mm-hmm. all kinds of great people in, in Winnipeg. So coaching great people. I've met so many amazing runners already, and it's only been like a month or six weeks or so. And even through this podcast, we interviewed Brandy Adolph in episode mm-hmm. 52 mm-hmm. and and yep. Jayla. And so even though I haven't necessarily gone for a run with any of these people yet, I know that they're here and there's something very, very comforting about knowing that there are, that there's a tribe, you know, of people that live in this city that are around my speed that I could train with. And I do intend to train with. So yeah, the, the pandemic canceled races, trying to start the run club that didn't work (laughs) a few injuries. Like I mentioned, it's just a lot of like stopping and starting. I feel like ever since we moved to Winnipeg, but I feel excited thinking about 2022 to just sort of the pieces that I have in place already uh, in the puzzle yeah. the, the to me are the foundation, the coach, the, the tribe, yeah. the community, the plan, all of that stuff. Perfect. So yeah, I'm very excited to try to be competitive again in 5k all the way to the marathon and, and just be with runners. I can't wait. Yeah. I think we all need a little bit of that. And Honestly, I think it's good for our listeners to hear that somebody like you struggles with this kind of stuff mm-hmm. because I know you're not alone. There's mm-hmm. so many of us that have yeah. felt disconnected and directionless for the last few years. And yeah, Carol and I feel that way too, guys. It's yep. not just you. <laughs> yep. So, you know, um, I have to temper myself with, the, you know, freezing my credit cards from now on and not <laughs> signing up for any more races. And But it feels good to have a focus and it feels yes. good to have a community and yeah yeah well I'm excited to see what comes up for us next okay we are going to end this episode going right back to the beginning we thought it would be fun to revisit our rapid fire questions with each other because it's been a year and a half since we actually answered them in our first <laughs> few episodes of this podcast and I'm curious to see if Carolyn's answers have changed since we started 
And by the way, Kim just sprung this on us. We have not <laughs> thought about this. <laughs> Putting that out there. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back and forth. Carolyn, what's your current favorite running mantra? Well, I love that we've had all these guests on here, 60 however many guests that have all answered this question because we've got some really good ones. So this came from somebody and I'm not really sure but who it came from, but I think about this a lot on training runs and in the few races that I've been doing as of late, this is what you came for. Oh my God, Carolyn! Sorry! <laughs> that was what I was going to say! That's hilarious. That is too funny. Well, I'll have to go back and look who who said that. But it's Scott Jurek who actually uh, is attributed to uh, it. And okay. actually, I think he even got it from somebody else. But yes, because at any point, and, and I find it even in a long run, like just a training run or obviously in a race, yeah. but it's like there, you hit that point where you're like, what the heck did I, why am I yeah. doing this? Yeah. Like, I could just pack yeah. it in and go home. But it's like, no, this is, this is what you came for. Like, this is the, yeah. this is exactly why we're doing what we're doing for this moment. hundred so, percent. Yeah. I'll take it even a step further. And with my move to Calgary, mm -hmm. when I'm slogging up a mountain going, oh, why am I here? It's like, you moved here for this. Like, this is what you came for, exactly. you know, in a, in a larger context, not just this run, but this lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so gratitude, man. Like, yes. This is what you came for and be grateful for it. Yeah. I love that, that we have the same one. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> both hilarious and not surprising at the same time. Um, okay. Favorite place to run. This is going to sound maybe a little bit boring, but I love being able to run out my front door. Like I love the simplicity mm -hmm. that th that's what I can't, that's what I'm drawn to running for is the simplicity of it. So I don't like yes. to drive somewhere to run. And so I would say 90% of my runs I do on the heart trail, which is uh, less than half a kilometer from my front doorstep and I'm on the heart trail and I can do I can do a 16 kilometer run and never go off that trail, you know, into a right. Cinnaboyne forest. And so I just love that there I can be on trail, but I'm in the city and it's super convenient. So you'll find me there. I know all the people on the heart trail. I know every <laughs> kilometer marker on the heart trail. And while that may sound boring just because it's my everyday thing, there is something pretty special about, about yeah. that trail for me. So that's mine. How about you? That's, that's interesting. You know, it's funny because I first thought my answer to this question would be Fish Creek because mm -hmm. that's actually part of why I bought the house that I did where I did is because it's close to Fish Creek Correct. Park. Yeah. And although I do love it, as you were talking, I have two favorite places to run here in Calgary now, but right out my door, my favorite direction to go is actually out of the city. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I live right on the outskirts and I love running due south towards Spruce Meadows mm. and where they do um, the horse jumping and the mm -hmm. co equestrian competitions. And there's a, a nice big hill to the south of Spruce Meadows where you can get up. And at the top of that hill at sunrise or sunset, you can see downtown Calgary and it's just, you're just outside 
but yet you can right. s- still off my doorstep and it's quiet and I love that. But then a short drive away is Bray Creek and that's become my mm-hmm. new favorite place. West Bray Creek Trails, Prairie Mountain, there's, they're all interconnected. It's like Cumberland, Carolina yeah, okay. in the Comox Valley, like just hundreds and hundreds of kilometers of interconnected trails that are just awesome. So that's amazing. All right. Next question. Do you have a race on your bucket list? You may have already answered That still has not changed. That's UTMB? Still UTMB. I'll die trying to get to UTMB. (laughs) How about you? I'm afraid this one hasn't really changed for me either. I would like to do the Chicago Marathon. However, I am going, the last time I answered this question, I I think I was signed up for it and I was going the charity route. I was, because I didn't have a qualifier and I wanted to do it in 2020. And so I went the charity route and this time I want to qualify. So I'll be running the Manitoba Marathon this um, June in order, hopefully, to qualify for Chicago. So in 2023. So awesome. Hasn't changed, but it kind of has. And I'm excited to do the Manitoba Marathon. Like it's our home race. It's it's really fun to be able to, you know, see people you know and and cheer for people right. along the way and have people cheering yeah. that you know and yeah. So I'm I'm pumped about that one. And it's flat, <laughs> and and Chicago's <laughs> flat. So and I yeah. train on flat. So yeah, makes so much sense. Excellent. Okay, favorite running media. Book, movie, podcast. What have you? What's oh What's your favorite right now, Carolyn? My favorite running podcast of all time is on coaching with Magnus and Marcus. So Steve Magnus and John Marcus just riff mm. on various topics, and I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's the background that I have, but I they they're pretty sciency, and well, Steve Magnus is pretty sciency. John Marcus is more philosophical, but they know their stuff and they train pretty high level people, I think, but I always pick up some kind of good like coaching tip from that podcast. So that's probably my favorite podcast. Uh, I'm also a big fan of the Running Rogue podcast with Chris McClung. Same thing from a like a coaching perspective. I get a lot from that and also, you know, to help my own running. So that's mm. probably those two podcasts. I subscribe. I never miss an episode. They're awesome. All right. So although I do a loads of reading and listening to audiobooks, favorite running book hasn't changed. It is still, it was Scott Jerk's um, Eat and Run mm-hmm. uh, and Bored to Run. Both those books together are my two favorites. I'm actually really digging the Healthy Running Podcast right now. So I thank Carolyn for introducing me to that podcast and Dr. Dwayne Scotty, who mm-hmm. just was a guest on our show one week ago. So check out that podcast. And then for all the trail runners out there, trail runner nation, you can't go wrong with that one. Love those guys. They're awesome. Well, it's interesting you mentioned Steve Magnus, because if there's one book I have revisited again in this last week, it's the science of running, mm-hmm. uh, his book and the last half all on training. The first half is more on the science and the physiology. And the last half is more on training. And, and it's not a new book. Like I think it was no. published in 2014 or 2013 mm-hmm. even, but I a hundred percent with you. That book's like sits on my nightstand and I reference it. Like it's on my nightstand all the time and I reference it all the time. And I love what he did, which he sort of said, okay, the scientists over here are always studying and, and saying, you know, but their, their experiments are like 
six weeks long, right? So they're saying, this is the thing. This is the thing. But like this changed in six weeks. You're looking for the magic formula. Yeah. And they they have to isolate variables, right? So it's like, this is the the one magical thing. Whereas coaches are over here going like, I don't know how it works, but this is what works. And he's sort of taking both of those worlds and like marrying them together and figuring out sort of what works what's the biggest takeaways from both worlds, which I love. Yes. Yes. There's the real life stuff and then there's the research and research needs to isolate variables and real life is all about confounding variables. Like that's, that's hundred percent what real life is. I, I went to a talk by a nutritionist a few years ago. She worked with, was a football team in Florida And she said, I know this isn't her quote, but she said something that really stuck with me about how while you're sitting there researching or waiting for a double blind controlled controlled experiment, (laughs) somebody else there is doing it and getting results. Exactly. And so often the research waits for the coaches and the athletes to start doing things that work. And then they design a study to show why and how it worked. To figure out why it works. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and if we wait around for somebody to give us a research study, we may be missing a lot of magic, right? Mm-hmm. It's the waiting to be discovered. And that's kind of where I'm at right now with my own body. I'm like, okay, yeah. if I do this, what happens? If I do that, what happens? Right. Because nobody's, you know, research is also giving you the average of the group. You know, each individual person has their own stress levels and their own physiology and their own yep. pre-existing injuries and their own age. Right. And you have to make it work for you. But that's what I love about his book is he really does present both sides. Right. Very balanced. Yeah. Like you just said. So that was a bit of a tangent in the rapid fire, but (laughs) what else would you expect? (laughs) Yes. Shall we finish off with current favorite post run indulgence? When I came back today from my run and I was blue, my daughter was a little bit like <laughs> horrified to, to see my blue lips and blue nail beds. Um, we have a sauna. <laughs> and so Ooh. we have been yes. loving, loving, loving. We've had it for about a year. And obviously it gets a little more use in the winter months than it does in the mm-hmm. summer months. But it is officially sauna season. And uh, that's always a nice way to end a run as well. And you know what? My mind goes back to what I think it was Mallory Rich, mm-hmm. Richard said. Yes. A nap. I just right now am indulging myself with coming home and having a nap. Love and that. it just feels so good on these dark days to come home and have a good nap. I can't seem to get enough sleep right now. And if my body says it wants it, it gets it. So, all right. Well, that is a wrap on... <laughs> <laughs> the exciting lives of Kim yeah. and Marilyn right now. <laughs> we'll see how this next year shakes out. We actually have some really interesting guests lined up mm-hmm. in the next few weeks to start the new year off with. So you'll want to keep listening to see who we've got coming on the show. And yeah, thanks for, for staying with us and sticking with mm-hmm. us through now two New Year's Eves and, and Januaries. We aren't officially two years into the podcast, but we are... Um, two calendar years in and uh, we are excited to keep sharing and talking with you all over the next year. Thank you so, so much for listening. And uh, yeah, if you have suggestions for guests, as always, mm-hmm. send them our way at inspiredsoulscast at gmail.com or you can uh, reach us through Instagram at inspiredsoulscast. 
So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Happy New Year, everybody. And we can't wait to keep bringing you inspiring guests all year long. 